are listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. The scripture readings will be Matthew um, 18, 1 through 6, and Matthew 19, 13 through 15. Page 1 through 6? Oh, Matthew 18, page 1 through 6. Oh, page 799-800. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child, whom he put among them, and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Then little children were being brought to him in order that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them, But Jesus said, Let the children come to me, and do not stop them. For it is such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid his hands on them and went on his way. Good morning. morning. I'm not Dan. It's an honor to be here with you today. My name is Kevin Tate, um, and uh, I'll just start by saying I'm here with you today because Pastor Dan, his family, and many of you here um, have warmly welcomed me, and I just appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today. Um, So my day job, I'm a professor over at the college, um, and I teach in a counseling program where we train people to be mental health counselors and school counselors. Um, and so I'm used to talking in front of people, but this is actually my first sermon. So we're in this together. And I will tell you, I'm, let me just be clear. Let's set expectations low so that we all feel good about this when everything shakes up. Okay. So today, um, you heard our scriptures for today. And these are from the Gospel of Matthew. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reread part of this that we just heard. So if you want, we don't have our PowerPoints, but it's... Um, Matthew 18, 1 through 6, and then 19, 13 through 15. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's a pretty direct, big question. And so he looks over, and he called the child to him, and placed the child among them and said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a bold answer in return. Now, you move on to the next passage in 19. I'm not sure they were listening. Then people brought little children to Jesus to him, for him to place hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, and 
I would imagine some frustration in his voice at this point. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Didn't you read chapter 18? He placed his hands on them and they went from there. So, so our scripture for today, the focus is on the way in which Jesus taught the disciples. And remember here, he's talking to the disciples about what status and belonging means in God's kingdom. Um, This is a passage that's meant a lot to me over the years. I still remember hearing this in church as a little kid and feeling pretty cool about that. Um, And thought about it more, and since a few of these small ones up here um, belong to me when they behave well. Um, But this, this passage has taken on a lot of meaning for me since I've had children and I look in their faces and they have names when I think about what Jesus told us here. Um, and there are a lot of things, obviously, like anything that Jesus has talked about that can be learned, but I'm going to focus on kind of a dichotomy that I think he lays out for his disciples when they ask him this question, and that's the idea of status versus relationships. So status in the kingdom of heaven versus relationships to the kingdom of heaven. And by the way, I have paper because I'm a professor, and we would have a two-hour service, so excuse me if I'm keeping myself in order. Um, So in this first passage, the disciples asked Jesus a very direct question. Who's the most important to you? Who's the most important to God? Now, when I started looking at this, you know, I've I've been very thankful to listen to Pastor Dan. I'm starting to ask questions why. So why would the disciples ask him this question? If you go back one chapter, this is where um, Peter, James, and John on the mountaintop see Jesus transfigured in this incredible way seeing him in his divine um, form. Not only that, Elijah and Moses show up, who are two very pretty important people in the Jewish religion. And if that wasn't enough, God decides to talk to them directly and say, this is my son who I love and that I'm pleased. Listen to him. Now that's an experience that you're going to tell other people about. But Jesus tells them, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone until after my resurrection. Now, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a prophet. My guess is that was a hard secret to keep. Now, I'm guessing, but this happened just before these disciples came to Jesus and said, who matters most? Um, It's possible that Peter, James, and John were pretty proud that they were the three. And the others were wondering, but why did they get to go? So regardless, maybe it was this incredible thing that only a few disciples saw. Maybe it was something else. In either case, you've got a group of 12 guys who are looking at Jesus like, we need to know who matters most and why. Now, here is something that I've thought a lot about preparing for this sermon. This was I mean, this is just cuteness, right? What, what, what Doc and Sue are doing, you know, I love watching my kids up here. Um, but what Jesus says to them would have been taken very differently. So they ask him this question, and Jesus calls over a small child and said, here's your model. Here's what it is that you need to be trying to strive for to be. And this would have been a really jarring thing to hear for these disciples. At that time, first century Judaism and other cultures, Children didn't have status. 
Children didn't have individual rights. Children were primarily seen as property of a family and of an estate. They did not come into full rights until they were adults, and even then, much age was sort of this, the, the way that people gained status. And so, as you've heard um, Pastor Dan state before, Jesus can be a bit of a scandalous guy, and him calling over a small, invisible child with no rights and answering this question about status and saying, here's your answer, would have probably been confusing to many of them, if not all of them, which is probably why one chapter later, what you saw happen here happened again. He just taught this message. A lot of children were trying to get to him, and he basically said, please, let them come to me. Let me remind you. You have to become like one of these to get into the kingdom of God. So the punchline is that the kingdom of God has nothing to do with traditional worldly ideas of power or importance. And it really seems he's scrambling the question they asked him altogether. So what's he saying? Now before I talk about what he's saying, and that's probably because I'm trying to stall because I'm not sure I know what he's saying completely, but I'm going to talk through some of it. So let's think about this congregation, the room we're sitting in right now. What does status mean and do in a room like this one with a group of people like us? If you have status or importance in this room, you're going to get to decide things like what is or is not talked about. What's it okay to believe? What's it okay to do? What should I not do? And I think most importantly, who is or is not welcome here? Now, I'm kidding about being nervous, but being asked to do something like this, that amount of status and power, which is not much in the grander world, there's a lot of weight that comes with that especially in an American Baptist church where you all have a lot of freedom to decide what it is you believe and want to do. So if we rely on Jesus' answer to the disciples, power should be defined by children. So let's go get the kids. Let's ask them what to do with the budget. I want to bounce house. But to be serious, Jesus seems to be saying that we should think as children as a model. Um, in fact, he clearly tells us, and this is the part um, in this passage that always sort of stops me in my tracks, that being drowned in the depth of a sea with a rock tied around your neck is better than to mislead a child or someone who enters into faith like a child, like the way he asks us to. So... Not only that, he tells us that we need to be focused on each other in this way. That we need to be as children and that we need to treat each other as children in that way. So what? Why does this matter? There's likely a lot of things that a pastor would say. I've tried to channel Dan, although I don't think I have the cool factor to pull that off. Um, But I'm going to talk to you as someone who trains counselors. So at the, the bedrock of what we talk about in counseling is, if you've ever had that kind of relationship with a mentor or a counselor, you will know that if it was helpful and it was meaningful, you had trust that allowed you to be open, to be honest, to be very vulnerable, and to say things that you wouldn't say to other people in other places. And if you have that, you have 
a very close, unique relationship with that person. So in that kind of relationship in counseling or with a mentor, you can ask questions like, what's the point of my life? Why am I here? Why did this person hurt me in the way that they did? Why is life so hard right now? Why does anyone seem to really like or love me? These are questions that you are asked in those kinds of relationships when someone trusts you. Now, these remind me of the kinds of questions I hear kids ask, that my kids have asked me. These are hard questions. Dad, what happens when I die? What is heaven like? Why do people get sick? Are you going to die? That's the hard one. Why can't I hear God? So if we circle back to what Jesus said when he asked us, who is the most important to God? He answered a different question. The disciple asked, who's the most important? Jesus answered the question, how can you be close to God? He turned the question around. And he uses children as an example. They want to be able to ask these kinds of questions. And if you're in that space, you want to be able to ask these kind of questions to someone who's holding you in your, their arms, but taking you seriously at the same time. And he doesn't, he doesn't want us to hold back. So not only does he want us to act that way, he wants us to be able to ask him those kinds of really big, scary, deep questions. So asking God, do you love me? Why do you love me? What happens when I die? How can I hear your voice? Why does this hurt so bad right now? And not only does he want us to be able to ask him those questions, he wants us to treat each other that way. Now, I don't know how you all react. Um, when I hear statements sometimes, if I'm not in my most, uh, if I don't have my Jesus sign, and I hear something that I disagree with, that I think is juvenile, that I think is just wrong, I can react from a place of status and power. I can be judgmental. Um, even when I can do it with a, a smiling face and a kind voice. And instead, I think Jesus is telling us that being right or the smartest or the most powerful is not what God's kingdom is about. Is that it's about a loving, close relationship with God and a loving, close relationship with other people like the ones you're sitting next to in this room. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we simply ask that you wrap your arms around us and remind us that we are your children, that there is no better or worse child, that you love us all equally. Lord, remind us that all we have to do is embrace that relationship that you offer, to be open, to ask hard questions, and to love each other in the same way that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. 
Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.